0: From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even post-season glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to Dallasnews.com slash sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, where many days of the week we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks. I say many days because it's not every day. The last couple days we have not been with you guys, but I'm happy to be back and joining me for this historic episode. Historic because it's the first Mavs Daily recorded in my new apartment. It's Eddie Sefco. Eddie, how honored are you to be a part of this monumental occasion?
1: It might be the highlight of my entire life. It, it's, that, it's, I mean, birth of daughter, you know, marriage, you know, all that stuff kind of pales in comparison to being here and, and being uh, the, 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 the guest, you know, uh, to be honored to be part of this epic occasion. I mean, there are no words.
0: It's very humbling to hear you say that. And uh, just make sure that your family never hears this episode and, and we will be all good. Uh, All right. So, Eddie, we're talking today. So the the Mavs actually have another preseason game. They're wrapping it up tomorrow. So uh, this is happening very quickly. But we're talking about the team's first two preseason games. Of course, the Mavs are fresh off of a convincing sweep of the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the the two-time best record havers in the NBA. And Dallas just wiped the floor with them up in Milwaukee. Of course, it is just preseason, but there's plenty of good stuff to talk about. And then we're going to hit on maybe a couple things that we hope to see improve between now and the start of the regular season, which is coming up very quickly. It is a week from today that uh, things really get rolling. So first off, of course, they won both games were leading by double digits in the second half in both games. I mean, it was it was pretty convincing performance, although, of course, you know, the starters aren't playing 40 minutes. But overall, Eddie, what are kind of like your main sort of like big idea, big picture thoughts from the, the first two games?
1: Well, hold up, hold up. First off, there's one thing I got to say. How great is this country, even in 2020, when you can get the floor wiped on your home floor by the Mavericks and then your star player, Giannis Antetokounmpo, signs for $240 million. (laughs) The biggest contract in the history of the world. I mean, this is a, what a country. I mean, uh, uh I think that the the Mavericks showed the Bucks that hey, you better keep this guy because we're coming after him. Maybe I don't know. I'm just spitballing
0: here. The next but, guy who's up for a contract extension is like, please, Mavs, come destroy my team so that I can sign that big deal. <laughs> yeah. So
1: anyway, uh, congratulations to the Greek freak. He, uh, he's 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 worth it. And in uh, and Milwaukee, will be boot tough for the next uh, four to six years uh, in the Eastern Conference, but. We digress. Uh, the Mavericks are so far. It's hard not to like what you've seen. Now we all know you don't. Uh, you don't make statements in in December, even when it's the regular season in December. Uh, like they used to say that you know the, the the only meaningful messages sent in December come on Christmas cards. It's it's just <laughs> it's real dangerous to sit around and say oh. Uh, this team has got something going here, especially when it's still preseason in December. So I, I you know, I like what I saw in, in Milwaukee. I think um, the depth of this team is just, it's going to have to be the calling card, especially this year, because we know there are going to be some uh, unpredictable things that are likely to happen to to every team. So uh, I, I love the way they went up there and, and, and uh, they they played well in third quarters. wasn't always the case last year, and they finished out the game strong. Also, not always the case last year. So, uh, real happy to see uh, see what's happened so far. Uh, let's just see how the the uh, the preseason ends up, and then uh, get this thing rolling.
0: Yeah. So, of course, it is just preseason, so we can't make any like huge statements or grand sort of. Uh, you know, takes about what we've seen so far. But the one thing that I will say seems different. And of course it is only two games. It is just preseason and the regular season is going to be a slog. So taking every game very seriously is going to be very difficult to do, but it seems like Dallas was at least approaching the defensive end with like a little more intensity. You know, they still gave up some easy buckets. You're going to do that against Giannis. He dunks it on everybody, but like overall, it seemed like they were just working harder on defense, getting down lower into a stance, talking more. Like, it just seemed like they were a little more dialed in on defense than they were many times last year. Yeah, and and I may be wrong, but I doubt it. Uh, I think one of the... Channeling things- your inner Charles Barkley.
1: <laughs> We've, I think what we're seeing here is, uh, unless your name's Luca or, or you know, maybe... Uh, Tim Hardaway or or, or, or Stops, I don't think you're going to be able to stay on the court if you're not playing defense uh, this year. I think there's too many guys on this team that that have a defensive slant to their game that that Rick's got options now, and and they can all switch. I mean, Josh Richardson, um, and, and we don't know for sure yet, but he's got a chance to be a really, really good fit uh, in the backcourt with Luka. Uh, and, or swinging to, to small forward for that matter. So uh, and and then you know the, the we haven't seen a lot of James Johnson yet, but we know he's a he's a tough defender. It's it's just they they're guys now that if you want to be a better defensive team, get guys who play better defense. And and they went out and did that in the off season. So uh, I'm I'm mildly encouraged again after two preseason games, but I I have seen enough to show, to show that hey, they are at least making it a priority. Uh, I don't think that's always been the case the last few years. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And again, it's the NBA. You're not going to hold teams to to 80 or 90 points anymore. That doesn't happen. The game is too offensive-oriented. But but, uh, if you can give this offense a fighting chance by getting some stops, uh, good things are going to happen.
0: I know that the most optimistic of MAPS fans will look at you know, any projected improvement on the defensive side this season and want to credit it to the two guys you mentioned, Josh Richardson and James Johnson, in the same way that uh, once upon a time, like Tyson Chandler had that sort of impact on the Mavs. Now, of course, that team had some really, really good defensive players, Sean Murray and Jason Kidd, Deshaun Stevenson. Uh, They were a top 10 defense in the league, so they were not to be trifled with. This year's Mavs team, we'll see if they can be top 10. That's a pretty tall Task, I think to improve that much in one season but you know in your experience covering the Mavericks and other teams you know throughout your career down in Houston whenever they were really good whenever you drop just one or two veteran guys in who are good at that end of the floor or maybe you add one talented offensive player can just sprinkling in like one upgrade or two upgrades have that sort of like rising tide lifts all boats effect on on a defense
1: um it can help for sure i mean and, and by the way good use of the word trifling
0: uh, hey thank you uh
1: the, 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 i caught that uh, so yeah i mean it's it's gonna be effort and mindset and paying attention to detail on that into the court as much as who you got out there but but yeah bringing in uh two or three new guys and and we left out josh green uh, by all accounts he's uh He's a hard-nosed defender, uh, had that reputation at, at uh, Arizona, and and also uh, doesn't appear to be totally bankrupt offensively either. So, uh, you know, they they they've got guys. I'm I'm just real eager to see how this looks when it, when the games start counting. Uh, I I don't know what the last preseason game will look like because I I think maybe Rick's got some people he wants to look look at. Uh, on those last roster spots, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, all of this is good news right now. Uh, nothing bad can come from putting a little more, uh, elbow grease
0: into the defensive end. I was watching, you know, Josh Green was making plays in both games, That second unit was really, really good with that, with him out there along with, you know, Maxi Kaliba, James Johnson, and then Trey Burke and J and uh, Jalen Brunson, and then, of course, Willie came in at times to spell James Johnson. But that that group did really well. But I was watching Josh Green in particular and I was like, man, he's kind of like Justin Jackson just with the I mean, he was cutting off the ball. He made a couple of floaters, spotted up. But, you know, he's like a like if you added 25 pounds to Justin Jackson because he's so much thicker and is a, is a much, you know, that allows him to be a much more physical defender. So. You know, I'm wondering if if he can just do those kinds of things. Like, any time last season when you drop Justin Jackson into a game, you know, whether his shot was falling or not, he was at least going to move a lot. You know, he plays with a lot of energy. And if you don't pay attention to him, he's going to cut back door and, you know, lay it in on you. And 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 that type of, like, just that energy that's sort of like uh, Josh Richardson described Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson as water bugs. But I think of, like, Josh Green with all of his movement and stuff. Like, he's got, like, a little energizer bunny um kind of qualities about his game
1: yeah and and uh, I, I think the energy you know, that's a key word uh especially for that that, that second unit because they're going to play a lot uh yes Luca's is going to get his 30 odd minutes a game and and uh hard away and and uh some of the others and when chris stops when he returns in sometime in january we hope so, uh, but the, that group off the bench uh, needs to bring it. I mean, they, they're going to have a lot of opportunities. And by the way, interesting thing Rick Carlisle said the other day, he said it's not going to necessarily be a hockey line change when they bring in that second unit for the first. Why not? I kind of actually like that idea. I mean, those guys play so well together. And if you get them, get them used to it, players love knowing that they're going to be in with certain other players now it's not going to work like that all the time. I mean surely you know you're going to see um, you know Josh Green out there with Luca at some point or, or, or maybe Jalen Brunson out there with with uh, probably not Luca, but somebody in the starting group, but but I don't, I don't have a problem experimenting with bringing in three or four guys at, or even if the whole five at, at one time off the bench uh, when the starters need a need a breather.
0: And it's always funny to see all five guys at the scorers table too. So like just for the comedy aspect, he should do it. Yeah. And Rick is not like averse to doing it. He he will make hockey changes, but it's usually when things are going really, really badly. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he doesn't make them for for the for the for that reason this year. But uh, okay. So you mentioned his name. So we need to talk about him a little bit. I can't believe we've been talking Mavs basketball for like almost 15 minutes now. We haven't mentioned Luca once. Um, Eddie, I want to get your thoughts on belly So, uh, take, take me through what's going on with, uh, with the internet and, and Luca and, and Brad Townsend's questions and all, all that good stuff.
1: One thing I will say to preface all this is I'm sure glad it, the internet doesn't, and Twitter doesn't break when I put on three or four pounds. Of course, nobody <laughs> noticed when I put on because, you know, it's the, the other 40 or 50 that I put around that are, are, uh, uh, fatter than fat. Anyway, you got to start uh, posting
0: selfies for every game, Eddie. That's what that means.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the, I'm this, you know, in Christmas time, we hear about the jolly old fat man. It's not just Christmas time for me. It's all year <laughs> round. Um, but you know, it's funny. We, we, started hearing about it on, on the social media about how Lucas, wow, he looks like he's out of shape and, and all this. And I saw, a. a a photo of him and somebody had just put a photo of him next to a photo of Houston's uh, James Harden, and both of them looked like they were—I uh, won't say the second trimester, but but they were—they looked a, a little heavy, and, and uh, uh, it's it's one of those things where you say, "Huh? Well, you know, there was not much of an off season. There was no time to get back into game shape and that sort of thing." And but I'll go back to what I said, people. Look at the mirror before you start criticizing an elite athlete. Luka Doncic went out and got 27 points the other night. And uh, if that's what happens when you put on three or four more pounds, I'm in. You know, I'll take it. Uh, So, uh, uh, but it was funny. It was funny stuff. And and, uh, I know uh, I, for one, and and I'm pretty sure Rick and, and the Mavericks organization falls into the same category. I don't think they're too worried about Luka. Uh, And when you're 21, you can drop five pounds in a heartbeat. Uh, But it's a little tougher when you're 61.
0: Yeah, I mean, just with the the rate of games that they're going to be playing, like 23rd, 25th, 27th, 30th, first, like they're going to be playing like every day, basically. Anybody that has one extra pound is going to lose it very quickly. And also, too, this is the other thing, like we hear every summer about Well, I put on 10 pounds of muscle or 15 pounds of muscle, whatever. And that's like good weight, you know, like in in air quotes, because it's like healthy weight. Um, But guys lose that weight, too, as soon as they start playing games, because whenever you play basketball, you just run so much. And even though like you're having post game meals and stuff like you're eating a lot of food to get all the calories, all the energy that it takes to perform, you're still running and sweating so much that everybody loses weight, the good kind and the bad kind like within the first two weeks of the season. So uh, whether you transform your body for uh, the right or the wrong reasons in the off season, you usually return back to normal, like pretty quickly. So even if there is anything to it, I think it's going to be a thing of the past pretty soon.
1: Yeah. And you know what, that's, that's excellent insight from one of the elite athletes in the, Mm -hmm. uh, in the uh, Mavericks organization right there. Cause Bobby, everybody knows uh, when you talk Svelte, uh just chiseled athletes bobby corral is right
0: there on top of the list yeah yeah but it's once the season starts i'm losing like two three pounds per game because of how much i'm tweeting you know my my <laughs> i'm just like sweating i'm just drenched in sweat like they got towels and i have a gatorade machine in my living room it's uh it's you know pretty what? embarrassing
1: i think i looked over there once and smoke was coming off your keyboard so i mean it was <laughs> that's how that's how much you were going going at it so
0: Yeah, yeah, me and and Twitter.com, I'm always staying active. Uh, Okay, so we talked about some good stuff. Let's talk about, uh, I I guess, I don't know, we're optimists here in in this company, Eddie. Um, Things that you hope to see improve. And now, again, it's tough to tell because Milwaukee, first off, was the best team in the NBA last season. And so things that you do against them that might not look great might not be issues against other teams. But with only one more game to tune things up. Uh, before the real stuff starts next week whenever you have right out of the gates uh, quite a gauntlet, Phoenix, Lakers, Clippers, and then you come home to face the Hornets and then the Heat, who were in the finals last year, Um, you know, you got to be ready to go, like, right away. Otherwise, you could be digging yourself out of a hole pretty quickly. So what are some areas that you maybe hope to see a little more consistency or a little more improvement or just maybe that you're not quite convinced about just yet?
1: Well, I, uh, you know, the one thing I still worry about with this team uh, I just, I want to see them be a a better rebounding team. They were so bad last year uh, in that department. It really hurt them at times. And, you know, and that was even after they had improved from the year before that. So um, I, you know, I want to, I want to see them uh, put a focus on getting to the boards. I I think they've got some guys that can do it. And um, you know, it's funny. I'm going to be interested to see how these lineups interchange because everybody's going smaller, but I mean, let's face it, the Mavericks have seven, four, Boban and seven, three, And, and, uh, Kali Stein's, uh, pushing seven feet and, 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 uh, Maxie plays bigger than six ten, and white Powell as well. I mean, they've got a chance to be a, a, a big, if not bruising, but a big team. And, uh, and yet it's hard to, and, Oh, by the way, a six foot seven, two hundred odd pound point guard too. So I mean, you could, this team has the potential to be big, and and a little bit more physical than it's been in the past. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they weigh that against going small, uh, which you're going to have to do at times in this league because it's too fast and too, and too many good wing players these days. Uh, so uh, I want to see those two things, and then you know. Let's just see how Luca improves. I mean, the numbers. I don't, you know. Let's be honest. How can they improve much more? I mean, you get twenty-eight, nine, and nine. If you get that for oh, I don't know, another ten years, I'd tell you, I think anybody in their right mind would take that out of Luca. But it's going to be how he uh, gets other other teammates involved more. I think he needs to be a little more efficient. His shooting. Uh, he even admitted that he spent a lot of time shooting this off season. So uh, just short as it was. So. So uh, let's see how he comes along and what, and what areas he improves in most because I think that's, uh, it's, it's not going to be numerically, but I think we'll see it with the, uh, with the eye test.
0: And that size aspect is going to come into play pretty quickly because the Mavs' final preseason game is against Minnesota, of course, who has Carl Anthony Towns, who you know, can step out and, and shoot threes right in your face, or he can take you down to the block and Towns has had some huge games against the Mavs and, I mean, really everybody else uh, throughout his career. And then, you know, in the regular season, your first two games are against DeAndre Ayton and Anthony Davis. And so, uh, you know, all the big men that the Mavs have and all six of their fouls uh, could come into play, you know, against those teams. And and then, of course, you get the Clippers who have uh, Zubots, who was awesome against them in the playoffs. And so, that is kind of, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because this is kind of the era of small ball, but, uh, size is still something that you have to take into account whenever you're building your roster, because there are some major, major, major studs at the center position that are still, uh, that are still roaming around out there. Um, all right, Eddie, any final thoughts, any last takes, this is, this is your last chance to, to say something to guarantee a win against the Timberwolves or you know, to to really just launch a devastating uh, insult, series of insults toward D'Angelo Russell or any of those guys before the Mavs take them on tomorrow. So I'm going to give the floor to you one more time for uh, for final thoughts.
1: Well, first of all, I don't think you can get a whole lot of credibility hurling uh, any kind of grand predictions about a preseason game. Come on, <laughs> I mean, let's let's let's. I mean, first of all, uh, yeah. I think the Mavericks are going to look at all their players and I I don't know that, uh, yes, they'd like to win, but I don't think winning is necessarily the uh, utmost importance tomorrow or or, uh, uh, on Thursday when they play. So, uh, yeah, but I I also would say that uh, this regular season is going to be fascinating and I'm, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Mavericks uh they're gonna have a home court advantage come playoff time assuming we get to the playoffs with a without a, uh, you know a major interruption for uh, health concerns or protocols or whatever uh, I think this team uh, from what I'm seeing on ter- in terms of uh, overall talent and how they're already starting to build some chemistry together I think this team has a has a three or four five three or four seed written all over them I don't I think they'll be in the uh they'll be hosting a home court uh a first round I'll be hosting a first round series in the in the with the home court advantage and then uh beyond that uh you know I'm still I'm still having a hard time figuring out how anybody's going to beat the Los Angeles Lakers they, they 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 still look like the team I mean they they won this thing last year and Miami did a great job pushing them. That Kudos to you. I know you've been on the Miami bandwagon for, for months and months and months. And, uh, you know, they are great. But I don't see an Eastern Conference team that can can handle the Lakers. I'm not sure
0: I see a Western Conference team that can handle them either. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Nets, uh, I mean, maybe the Clippers. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think LeBron is still the king. But, hey. As that one scout said in that ESPN article recently, uh, that bleeper bleeper in Dallas is uh, is he's he's got next. So uh, you know maybe LeBron's reign won't last as long as as we think, but who knows? Uh, There's only one way to find out, and that's by playing the games, and that is going to happen soon. Again, the, the preseason finale is coming tomorrow. That's Thursday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then the real thing kicks off on December 23rd. And you know the Mavs have made it because their first three games, I believe, are all on national TV. Eddie, you and I are going to be famous. Let's go. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for joining me and, and for all the insights. And, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review review as well on your favorite Uh, podcast platform and we will be back with you tomorrow on Mavs Daily.